This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Ladies and gentlemen, it is showtime. Please welcome the team of the Fulhamish Podcast. Hello, it's Fulhamish Extra, your independent voice of Fulham FC. My name is Sammy James and... The day is nearly here. 105 days precisely after a one-all draw away at Bristol City, Fulham will be back in action on Saturday. And just the small matter of a West London derby against Brentford. We're calling this episode the Big Brentford Preview. Football returning and I personally cannot wait for the two sides to get us underway and get the championship back underway on Saturday. And in a moment, we're going to be speaking to Billy the Bee, the infamous Billy the Bee from the Besotted podcast. But before that, we're just going to have five, ten minutes of Fulham calm. And I'm joined by Jack Collins. Hello, listeners. And George Cooper. Hello, how are we all doing? Very good, thank you. Um, football's back, Jack. Can you believe it? What's your thoughts? Obviously, football has been back for a few weeks now in other leagues, but but Fulham's back. And, and that it feels so good to say. Yeah, absolutely. And, and a part of me is, is unbelievably excited and part of me is filled with trepidation. It's been, I've said this on ranks a couple of times, but it's been really nice watching football without having the kind of added pressure of being like, oh, my mood is going to be directly affected by the outcome of this game. And obviously when the Bundesliga came back, there was all this like, oh, pick a team in the Bundesliga and, and try and make that happen. And that's great, but you don't, you know, fall head over heels in love with the team overnight, frankly. It takes you know, years of building up that kind of relationship to the point where it starts to genuinely affect how you feel about things. And I had a, a little bit of that back with Betis in the Liga and it's been really quite frustrating and upsetting and sad when we give away last minute equalizers and all that kind of thing. And <laughs> so part of that part of me is like, oh, it's going to be 10 times worse when Fulham are back because uh, of the amount of the pressure and all that's on the line as well as everything else. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited at the same time to, to be back at it and, and to be watching the Whites in action again. George, what are your plans for Saturday? Um, are you going to be watching it on Sky or are you going to be watching it on the uh, Fulham TV? Um, have you got snacks prepared? What, what's, the, what's the plan of action? Yeah, we've got uh, everything sorted. I've recently formed a support bubble with uh, one of my pals who's a, a very uh, vociferous Brentford supporter. So, What did you do that um, for? <laughs> he's like my oldest pal like we've known each other since we were four that's no so, excuse uh, yeah I suppose not you could have waited till the weekend was over George yeah I know I know uh, you're telling me these things all too late boys <laughs> <laughs> the bubble has so, been formed you can't break yeah, exactly, the bubble now exactly you can't break the bubble so I, I imagine he'll be popping around at some point um, yeah cheeky, cheeky guilt free lager before 12 always a good thing and um, yeah I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it it's, it's a bit I, I just feel with this um, obviously these past few months have been very surreal and like it's it's really made you realise the things that you miss and I think it's fair to say number one on this well, I'm, I'm sure if my girlfriend was listening she'd probably uh, have, a, have a thing or two to say about that will but, she be listening? But, <laughs> oh almost definitely not so I think <laughs> oh, there we go. That one, unless someone gets in contact <laughs> with her but uh, yeah Fulham has been um, just 
it's it's been a a big hole hole in my life, and I'm I'm looking forward to that hole being filled. Shall we say? I'm going to say something now that is not sponsored by More the way. Very I'm going to say okay. something right now that's not sponsored. But if you're living in the UK, I just subscribed to Now TV today for 25 quid, and I've split it with a mate because you can watch two screens at the same time. 12 pound 50. So you've got the Brentford game, got the Leeds game. I mean, they might as well send me my commission in the post. But I, I, this is a definitely not sponsored thing. But if you want a cheap way to watch it this weekend, you could do a lot worse than that. Right. Laz, You've been banging this drum for so long. I'm okay. banging it because it's good. And I feel like people um, spend too much money on things. And I, and I like to be a money saving expert, Jack. Oh, Martin Lewis over here. Martin like Lewis like of Fulham. Yeah. SW6 is Martin Lewis. Okay. Um, let's look at the game. It's obviously a pretty tense affair. Fulham v Brentford has become quite a needle match in in the past kind of five years, ever since we got relegated, ever since they came to Craven Cottage and we had that horrible afternoon, one Easter, it's always been a match with a little bit of spice. And for me, there's always more in this match than the QPR games because it's been way more competitive than those QPR games. Jack, they're four points behind us. We're six points behind West Brom. It almost could go any top two push could go wrong on Saturday. It could be over pretty much if we lose it. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think Tom Kearney was on record earlier this week by saying that Fulham are in the hunt for the top two, but there is absolutely no room for slip ups. Yeah. And that starts on Saturday. If we slip up and, and we don't take three points at home against Brentford, then you can kind of kiss that hot top two race goodbye because, you know, eight points, nine points is, is a lot of, of, of ground to make up. And I don't think we do that. Six points, plausible. I think that there's, especially given that we have to play them both. Yeah. There's definitely room for maneuver in, in six point gap. I don't think there's room for maneuver in a nine point gap. And it means that this game has so much riding on it. Look, they'll feel that they're still in this, you know, top two hunt as well. I, I think they're probably a little bit far behind for, for my liking. Um, but, they will say if they win this and with us to play both of the top two still and with the games that are left for the, the teams in front of them, they'll be saying, if we win this, we're in that hunt. And, you know, we, we've seen how strange football can be after such a long layoff. We can see how it affects teams. We can see how things don't necessarily always go to plan for, for the teams who have been steamrolling away throughout the rest of the season. You look at Schalke, right, in, in the Bundesliga, who was sixth. And have got one point from five games since uh, they've managed to, to come back from this break and, and suddenly have, have, have plummeted like a stone. So the question is, how is this going to affect the teams above us, above them? And if they think that they can get three points here and pull themselves back into that race, then you know they're going to be well fired up for this one, even if they weren't just because it's, it's a Fulham game. Um, I mean, what are you hoping from Fulham in this game, George? Uh, we don't exactly know the team news yet. Uh, I think I was hoping by the time we recorded this that there would have been a Scott Parker press conference, but it's obviously just come uh, a little bit too soon. So we don't exactly know who's fit and who's not. It's going to be a massive test for the likes of, of Ream and Hector at the back to keep um, Brentford's front three at bay. It's, it's not the fixture that I would have liked to have re-kicked off our uh, season with to, to be honest because uh, as you know Brentford always give us a, a good game and, and if you look back through the history books I mean especially in recent times it, it, we've not always uh, done as well as we'd like to should we say yeah. but I guess in terms of what I'm hoping for I just I just 
It's, it's so hard to say because the, the boys, they've had so much time off and it's, it, you know, you just you just hope that they've managed to maintain their match fitness and that they come. I feel like just before the break, Fulham were very good at rising to the opposition in terms of, you know, when we were playing the better teams in the leagues, you know, your leads and, and what have you, we, we always seem to like turn up and, and give a better game. And I just, I guess I just hope that we kind of go toe to toe and we don't look too lethargic. And it's, it's for me, I just, I just don't know what's going to happen. I really don't. Obviously the, the home advantage has kind of been thrown out of the window a little bit. Um, I mean, you can, you can pump the speak, uh, the speakers full of all full of chant noises you like, but I don't think it's going to come anywhere close to the, the atmosphere that we could have come to have expected from this game. I guess what I hope for is I just, I hope we have a relatively solid before, but obviously I'm hoping for a win, but I just, I've got no idea how the game's going to plan out. It's always a cagey affair with, with kind of uh, derbies, but if you, if you take away the emphasis of the crowd noise, it's, just, it's, it's a really weird one for me. I, I've got no idea what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I just hope we go toe to toe with them and give them a good game. Um, Jack, what are you thinking then lineup wise? Um, I'll give you the lineup for who played in our last game, maybe as a, as a, as a small reminder for you of who plays for our football club. Um, cause it has been a, a little bit of a while. So last time we had Rodak in goal, we had a doy at left back, Reem and Hector at center back with Christie, um, at, on the right. You had Kearney, Arter and Decadova Reed in the middle. You had Kamara out, out on the wing, Cavalera on the left and Mitrovic up top. And then you had, uh, Betts, Sessignon, McDonald, Cabano, Johansson, Knockart and O'Reilly on the bench. Um, they've announced this week that we're going to be able to submit match day squads of 20 rather than the usual 18. And each so there'll be nine subs five of which can be used in the match but i didn't realize this subs can only be made on three occasions by either side so it doesn't feel like some weird kind of um exhibition game uh, they did say this though before the bundesliga kicked off that subs were only going to be allowed to use be used in in three occasions should we say uh, and then just everyone just ignored it oh and just made subs anyway when they wanted but i mean look we'll, we'll take the rules as if they're as if they're genuine. Well, they said uh, they yeah. said at the beginning of this season, everyone have to walk off the pitch to the nearest side, and then that just didn't happen, and then they relented. So I guess when it comes to subs, there's only so much enforcement they can make. They can't exactly dock you points, can they? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm not going to threaten the league with that, but I think you know you want you want Rodak in goal. I, I mean, look, the, the thing with saying this is this is the team I would pick. Should is if everyone's fit and everyone's fighting. So, I mean, we don't know that just yet and we're not quite sure who's had what, who's been ill, who's recovering, all of these things. But if it was a fully fit squad, I would go Rodak, Joe Bryant at left back, Cyrus Christie at right back, Hector and Reem in the middle. I'd probably like to see Harrison Reed back in the six. Uh, I think he has the kind of dynamism and, and energy that we're going to need in a, in a fixture like this with, with Brentford sort of flitting around. Um, I would go... Steph Joe and Tom Kearney in the middle because I think that you know plus the legs of Steph Joe in a game like this and the experience he has uh, alongside the skipper I'd probably play Bobby Reed out on the left Cav on the right and Mitrovic through the middle uh George would you make any uh any changes to, to what Jack has, has suggested there yeah just um just one small change I'd bring um Bobby Decker over Reed to play um to the just to the right in the, in the centre, sorry, and then I'd put Kamara out on the on the right wing because I feel like we need to let him loose and he could tra- cause some issues. 
Yeah, I think I, I, that's that's my only changes as well, George. I'd like to see Kamara. I think that in these kind of games, and I think it may have Who been... Who are you dropping? Steffi Hansen and have Decker Dover, Reed and Kearney in the middle. It's a very attacking lineup, that Sammy. Well, you got to go go for broke. I? I, but I, I think I think Har- I think if you've got Harrison Reed, you've got the quality. He's got the quality to be able to provide that defensive cover. Look, all I'm saying is Kamara off the bench against a tiring defense who are uh, you know who haven't played a game in three months. It is going to be an absolute nightmare to deal with. I guess maybe what you could do is is put Knockout on for the first 45 minutes. And if he is a bit ineffective, then bring Kamara on for the full second. I'd like Kamara to at least have a full 45 minutes at that. I just, you know, I think sometimes if you bring him on for the last 20, yes, he can scare defenders who are a bit tired, but also he hasn't quite had enough time to, to really get stuck in to, to whoever's playing left back. For, for Brentford so mm. I I personally would like to see Kamara have a very good run out but I, I guess it's interesting and, and and when there's three months layoff you just don't know and also basing a lot of this on what the form was like in the last game obviously yeah. that game at Bristol City Kamara was unbelievable I, I thought it was one of Kamara's best games um, obviously Kearney was really good that game too but Basing it on what players played like three months ago is, is a futile exercise, really, isn't it? Yeah, precisely. Um, okay, right. Well, we've pretty much done the Fulham preview there. Uh, it's probably time for us to welcome on Billy the Bee. So we'll do that after this quick break. Did you know that with Drizzly, you can get drinks delivered to your door in under 60 minutes? Yep. With Drizzly, the number one alcohol delivery app, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and liquor, including favorites like Don Julio and Bullet Bourbon. Plus, you can shop across multiple stores in your area to find what you want at the best prices. Download the app or visit drizzly.com, that's D-R-I-Z-L-Y, and use code SAVE to save $5 on your first order today. Would you like the latest Fulham breaking news straight to your phone? I thought you might. If so, sign up to the Fulhamish WhatsApp channel and you'll receive regular match day updates, transfer updates, breaking FFC news and podcast alerts. It's 100% free and you can opt out anytime if you want. To sign up, go to fulhamish.co.uk forward slash WhatsApp and follow the instructions. That's fulhamish.co.uk forward slash WhatsApp. Hello and welcome to part two of the Fulhamish podcast, the big Brentford preview, we're calling it. And I'm joined by George Cooper. Hello. Jack Collins. Hello, listeners. And live from enemy territory, it's Billy the Bee. How you doing, Billy? Not bad. How you doing, guys? Yeah, All good, right. thank you. Very Sterling, well. Sterling. We're looking forward to Saturday, um, obviously slightly cacking ourselves as well but you know more than that just excited for football to be back how, how has the break been for you from from a Brentford perspective and and how excited are you that it's all coming back on Saturday with with a big big game like this uh well the first thing I want to do is say to you thanks for inviting me on guys and like I said to you it's a real shame because we were going to hook up just before well it's probably about three or four hours before the lockdown came when uh Brentford were playing Fulham the 13th of uh March it was, wasn't it? You know, Friday, yeah, Friday the 13th, night. unlucky, unlucky for some. 
and that was going to be the hookup. Unfortunately, you know, everything just shut down and uh, there's been no football since. So the excitement has just been building massively in those three months for me. Um, to be fair, I just kind of locked myself off for probably about two and a half of those months and pretended football almost like didn't exist. And I just went off and did other things, which uh, which has that's been quite good. You know, pretty much came off social media, pretty much just, you know, I've been doing different things, football, you know, football training uh, with the kids, you know, just learning different things, you know, doing a bit of work and stuff. So it's actually been quite beneficial lockdown, spending lots of time with the family as well. So it's been really, really quite good. But now... As soon as they've turned around and said football is back, it's almost like it's like a switch that's turned on. And all of a sudden, everyone starts making phone calls. The podcasts that you were doing before, which were all a little bit limp, you were sort of trying to do a podcast, but it didn't really yeah. kind of have the same vibe. All of a sudden, it's got the energy. People are willing to go out. We actually did one last week in the park. We decided to do a socially distanced podcast. I drove all the way down to Twickenham. We all sat around four <laughs> middle-aged men sitting around in the park, which sounds a little bit dodgy, to be to be honest. Um, with and microphones. Got, yeah, that's right, with the microphones. Got attacked by a, uh, by, 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 a, by a nest of hornets as well, which wasn't just once, you know, for the whole of the sort of about an hour. We just kept getting attacked by hornets as well, which might be a sign. It was open for the uh, Watford game, wasn't it? That's right. And, uh, but it was good. It was great just to sit around and um, it wasn't scripted. I mean, you know, our podcasts aren't normally really that scripted anyway. And we just talked for about two hours. Nonsense, just garble. But the fact that we were sitting around together talking football, you know, your mates, I just thought, to be honest with you, this is really what it's about. You know, it's not, not about watching it on TV or it's not about the, it's about you being able to share football with your mates. So that is, that is my excitement. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Bill, it's it's a, a one to come back at, and and I think something for me, and we talked about it quick quickly in the first half of this podcast, like watching the other leagues come back has come. It's been sort of very easy watching. You know, you've been able to kind of just enjoy the football for what it is, and now with the championship coming back, suddenly it's it's all the emotion, all all that kind of trepidation that you get, the nerves building up to a game, the the kind of not in your stomach, the kind of yeah, the sickening feeling that if you lose, that weekend is ruined. If you win, that weekend is the best, you know, of that it could possibly be. Have you missed that? Or is it, you know, is that something that you're a little bit wary of coming back? I'm not, I don't think I'm wary about that at all. Um, I mean, that is great. But what I have to admit, what I've really quite liked is like having the no pressure, having the kind of, you know, even though I don't get massively emotionally affected by football, you still do. But also the other thing is that probably like with you guys, you know, we co-run Besotted. And with that, you know, we do three podcasts a week, plus you're writing articles, plus you're always being on, you know, you're talking to people along the time. You're always on the go the whole time. Plus you're trying to sort of do your regular things with life. And you're almost like programmed to do it. And it is actually quite knackering. And I, what I realised is that when the football shut down, but everything shut down football also, there's no responsibility. So it was actually quite nice to pull yourself away from everything for a while. And uh, so now coming back to this as well, in a, in a way, I'm kind of like, I'm looking forward to it. But in a way, I've quite liked not having the responsibility, not like having to know what, what, what the latest, you know, the latest news was all the time, trying to be, you know, ITK and finding the information about the signings and who's signing and who's not and who's playing and all. It was actually quite nice to do that. And I think that Maybe there'll be a bit of a change, you know, the way that we go forward and the way that we actually deal with football and, 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 and you know, just, 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 as I hate to use the word consume because it sounds so marketing, but the way that we'll go around our football. So for me, no, but saying that, I am quite excited about the nervousness because I wasn't nervous going into the Fulham game 
before on the on the thirteenth. I wasn't because yeah, yeah, we all, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't. I was so I was so looking forward to because we almost like didn't have anything to lose because you had the top two. Leeds were sort of steaming away. West Brom had pulled away. We were, you know, okay, we'd beaten um, Sheffield Wednesday five 0 the week before, but we knew that having Pontus Janssen out was a, a massive blow for us because he really is a leader. He is really somebody who kind of pulls together our team. And, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, the fact was when he was in our side, we were we had the tightest events in the division, even tighter than Leeds. You know, and as soon as he went out after the QPR game, that's when we started to leak a few little silly goals here and there. And it didn't we didn't know if he's going to come back. Um, I found out that actually he was meant to come back for the Fulham game, even though it was meant to be his first game back. So whether or not he would have been uh, 100% on that game, I don't know. But at the time, we didn't know. It was a little bit of a rumour. But 100%, yeah, he was meant to be back for that game. So we went into that game. We were going there very, very relaxed, like we've got nothing to lose. We're fourth. If we win, we might go third. If we don't, we'll still be fourth. You know, we've probably got 90 95% chance of going in the playoffs anyway. So as long as we, you know, we left to take a massive dive to come out of the playoffs. So for us, it's less pressure. But now, because we've had the three months out, we've had, you know, we don't really know what's going on with regards to a lot of things, you know, with regards to other teams, how are they taking it? You know, teams that are maybe not in the playoffs as opposed to us, are they going to take it seriously? What about us? We've got three or four players who had long-term injuries who are coming back, people like Bococcio, you know, uh, people like Pontus as well. You know, they've they had injuries for a while, so they're back in the frame. So all of a sudden, how is that going to affect things? You know, how are teams like, you know, Nottingham Forest who weren't doing, you know, I say weren't doing particularly well before the break, how are they going to how is the break going to affect them? All these things are real unknowns. And so I'm probably going into the Fulham game slightly more nervous than I was actually on the 13th of March. Billy, I've noticed, you know, a couple of things from, from your feed. And one of them you were saying was that the kind of automatic space and the automatic race is is slightly open again. Do you, do you think that's true? Like, I've, Part of me thinks that Leeds will come back off this break refreshed and, and with that kind of Bielsa philosophy, that's not going to change whether there's people in the stadium, whether there's not. And I'm I'm kind of half there and half half away. If I think if Fulham lose to, to Brentford at the weekend, then there's going to be a big old nine-point gap between you know them two and, and our two teams. And that feels like a lot to make up. It's a lot to make up, but this is just uh, let's just let's let's throw it in, guys. I've heard no one's actually said this in the last sort of five or six minutes we've been on. This is unprecedented times, okay? So uh, yeah, but it is because the fact is that listen, our our gap is 10, 10, 10 points to 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 West Brom. Okay, so it's ten points. You can call it nine points with our goal difference because you know we got a very good goal difference, but it's still a massive, massive gap. And if you look at the games that they've got to play, um, they've got a an all right schedule, but it's not like it's not like your schedule. Let's put it that way. Now, but the, on the flip side of that, we do have us playing you the first game, us playing West Brom the second game. West Brom playing Birmingham in their first game. Whether or not the derby situation may affect them or not, I don't know. And then they're playing, um, you know, playing us in their second game. If hypothetically, not say it's going to happen, you know, we won our first two games, all of a sudden that, that comes down to five points, you know, or comes down to six points. You know what I'm saying? Uh, is it six points? Well, I can't remember. But yeah, it yeah, comes yeah, down yeah. to, yeah, it comes Something down like to, that. yeah, it comes, yeah, it comes down very tight, tightly. If you won your first two games and we didn't do, all of a sudden that tightens it up as well. So it's, and, and also because the games are Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, you know, you've got teams rotating a lot, you know, you're going to be rotating players. So you'll be putting inverted commas, sort of slightly beating players in as well to try and keep everybody fresh. Um, as opposed to, you know, what Leeds might do that, you know, Leeds beforehand would have just smashed out 
all their first team players and they just play them till literally till they dropped. But you can't actually really do that. So all of a sudden you've got sort of kind of mixed strength sides trying to sort of play out the nine games. So you don't know how that's going to affect you by game five. So what I'm trying to say is that, yes, if you look put stats wise, I'd say mm, them two, they're, they're gone, home and dry. But those first two games are so crucial for us three in particular that, you know, if, 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 if the results do go the way that people expect them not to go, by the, by the third game and that fourth game, it's going to be very interesting. Billy, yeah, you, sure. you touched upon the fact that we've got the, because uh, we have so many games in quick succession, you, we're going to see an interesting sort of mismatch of size, bringing in kind of B-team players, fringe players in order to get those fresh legs. Do you think that the, the new rule with the five substitution allowance uh, will potentially hinder bees because oh, you have many strengths if we touched upon you know your front three your, your defense but maybe strength and depth and squad number is would put you at a slight disadvantage with this new new rule coming in is that something that you feel the fan base is slightly nervous on or have you not even touched upon it or thought about it at all yes yeah, strength and depth is definitely something you know to talk about i mean i was chatting with brentford director of football phil giles a few days ago and we were just discussing all these things and it's you know it's you know I think for Brentford and for other teams, it's like, how confident are you with the squad that you've got? How confident are you with the playing conditions out there? How much is the referee going to affect it? I know a lot of people start talking about crowd and we might come onto this in a minute, the you lot, but not having a crowd there, will it affect it or will it not affect it? You know, we're talking about professional players here. So, you know, professional players are kind of, you know, tuned up to do a job. For us, we've got probably a slightly smaller squad than some of the other teams out there, probably than Fulham, probably than Leeds. So um, maybe it's a little bit nerve wracking for us, but I think for Brentford, you know, I mean, I can't, as a fan, I'd say, listen, we've got nothing to lose at the moment. Now we're, we're probably in the playoffs. So let's just think this way. But for Brentford, obviously they're thinking we just need to try and win as many games as possible with the players that we've got. We've got a professional bunch of players and we've, managed to add a few extra players we've got you know Foss who's been added uh, which we picked him up from Oxford in January we've got Baptiste who's been added who picked him up in January as well we've got Dervis Soglu who we got from Turkey who scored you know quite a few goals um, over in Turkey as well he's been added to the squad and these aren't seen as you know, as first team players as such these are seen as sort of fringe players what the question mark I think people are saying is that they probably don't recognize a lot of our players on the squad or who are, who are, who are in the squad who are coming off the bench but I think from Brentford, they're probably quietly confident that they've been training these players up so long and bringing them up from the B team and playing them in the right Brentford way that they actually may be good enough to hold their own. Um, so, Billy, obviously we know about the front three. We know about BMW. And I think a key battle will be how our defence can cope with it because that day in December... Mawson and Ream did not cope with your front three and it was one nil and we went on the podcast afterwards and said it should have been six. It was it was an abysmal day. It was an abysmal performance and, and one of the lowest times in recent years of sporting Fulham. It really, really was shit. But for Fulham, Michael Hector has come back in and revitalised our defence. And, and, you know, you look at the form table since the new year and Fulham have been a different side, have been a, have been a top two worthy side if you took everything from the beginning of the year. So do you think now that, how, well, basically, how do you see that going this time around? Do you think that BMW will still get a lot of joy? Uh, do you see Fulham as a, as a harder opponent than we were back in December when we were out of form and just out of shape, really? I mean, 
listen, you're, you're third, you know, and, and you've got some good players. You know, you've got some, some decent players, some ex-Premier League players, and they're on big money. So you, you, there's no chump business going on, as they say. You know, you're, you're a decent side. And, you know, anyone would be a mugster going and say, oh, no, Fulham, you know, they're rubbish. Um, obviously, you've got Mitrovic, who's up front, who, you know, give him a sniff on goal, and he's going to put the ball in the back of the net. Yeah, defensively, you have, you weren't traditionally as strong as what maybe you should have been, you know, but you have changed it around a bit. But then there's probably a little bit, you know, still a little bit of fallibility there in Fulham. Uh, you've definitely got to be on your game to beat you guys. Uh, we have to be on our game. We probably play similar type of football as well. So it's going to be who's going to, who's going to, it's not really because who's going to outpass each other, but, you know, it's going to be a, an interesting little battle. Am I, you know, am I, am I think it's going to be different with the BMW? I think... It's not only the BMW. It's 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 the whole team. It's like how, how everybody else fits in. How does Jensen fit into the situation? You know, when he's doing his attacking midfield, how does um, Norgard? You know, and he sits in front of the of the defensive midfield. How does he kind of marshal everybody and get the ball out from the back? You know, BMW. You know, which is Bumo, Minrama, and Watkins. They just do what they do. But the thing, like I said to you, I love the fact that, you know, Fosu comes off onto the bench and he's become, he's going to become a threat. You know, you've got, you know, Dervis Oglu, who, who seems to, he's, he's probably a little bit behind because he still needs to learn the, 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 the English game as such. But he's obviously caused a few problems in a, in a few of the friendlies, you know. So we've got players that seem to, you know, as a team, be able to, you know, um, Henry. You know, down the wing, down the, on the attacking sides, you know, just causing problems for people. So... Everyone concentrates on those three, you know, but it's it's more than those three. So for me, and and obviously they've been training and they've been doing what they have to do. As I said to you, they're professional sports people, so you know they haven't slacked off. So I can't say exactly what they're going to be like, but I don't think it's going to be any different than what it was uh, three or four or five months ago, except for the weather's going to be better. And you're not going to have, you know, the equivalent of, you know, when you go to a place like Millwall, sort of kind of 15,000 people sh- shouting at you and baying at you. So maybe it may actually kind of uh, work in our favour. I think someone you touched on there, Bill, was was Norgard. And and I think that's the battle for me, the, the kind of where this game is. There's obviously going to be so much talk about uh, the front three and there's so much talk about Mitrovic. But, f- you know, I, I think Norgard's been... Not not quite a revelation because I think you've you've been fine there, but he he's been really really good this season and sitting in front of that back four and him against Kearney in the middle there and if he can marshal Tom Kearney and keep that out that there'll be a long way to to keeping Fulham quiet I think I think so I mean Norgard I really like him he's one of these players that um when I heard about him because he came from if I remember it was Fiorentina yeah I watched him last right. year against Lazio that's right um he he basically. Denmark, he was a really good player. He was actually an attacking midfielder at Denmark when he was at Bromby. Um, that's when Thomas Frank was there. I don't think they 100% got on when he was there because he was attacking midfielder and Thomas Frank was on the back end of his Bromby spell there. And then the next manager that came in converted him to a defensive midfielder. But the good thing about... And then he was he was apparently he was brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant. But the, the reason why he was brilliant is because he was a defensive midfielder who knew how to pass, who knew how to attack. So it kind of... He had, he had the right mindset. So that got him his move to Fiorentina. But then when he went to Fiorentina, for whatever reasons, you know, sometimes they go, oh, that player is really great you slot them into a side but it's either like the wrong formation the wrong, the manager's not playing the right tactics you know just something wasn't right so he didn't kind of get as much game time as he should have done so he kind of came to Brentford a little bit wounded and you know they obviously knew him they've done this usual stat stuff that they've done and they said to you look we're going to bring you here and we're going to make you the main man 
Um, I was very excited when he came. When he started off again, he started off slowly, and it was like, oh, I was really excited. Oh, no, he's, he's not quite as good as I thought he was. And it wasn't that. It was just that it took him a bit of time. How do you see yourself lining up, Bill? I know we haven't had team news, and there's always going to be bits and bobs about, about fitness, but if I was to push you on an 11, who would you be saying would start? I, from what I can gather, if all the players are fit, Bumo played as well, I think you'll have the BMW there. You'll have the regular side-up. You'll have your Norgard. You'll have your Jensen in the middle, you know, um, and then you'll have um, Henry on the left. You'll have Dalsgaard on the right and Pontus Janssen and Ethan Pinnock in the defence with Rea in goal. So it's the, the usual Brentford lineup. I think, that you would expect um, if we were full strength. Um, the, the only question mark, I think, was Bumo, who didn't play against Arsenal, just because I think he had a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a, not as legal, but it, I think they just decided to leave him out just to make sure that he was 100% ready. But then, um, and again, I'll have to check team news as well, but I, I believe he was back for the Watford game. And so if that is the case, then I'm sure that he's going to start against you guys. Uh, yeah, th- thanks very much for um, highlighting your, your lineup, your, your preferred lineup, should we say, for, for Saturday. Uh, Billy, but I was wondering if, how do you imagine this game's gonna gonna play out? Because uh, we were talking earlier uh, just before you came on, and I was saying how I, I genuinely do not have a scoopies as to how this game's gonna go. If you look in recent history, you've always given us a pretty torrid game. Just looking earlier in the season, the, there was the one nil that you um, nabbed at uh, Griffin Park. We had a terrible game; we were incredibly flat. We were saying we will hope to see Fulham come out of the blocks a bit and and take the take the game by the scruff of the neck. How do you envisage B's game plan to sort of play out? And if we had to push you for a score, what would you what would you say? I'm going to be honest with you. Um, and again, this is not trying to do a disrespect on you as a you know as, as Fulham as a club, but just just putting out the facts. I think this actually um, is more beneficial to you in this situation than it, than it would have been on the 13th of March or normally when we play you. And part of the reason why is because there's no fans in the stadium. Um, as you know, when Brentford and play Fulham comes down, we, we do come down in quite large drove. We do make a, a hell of a lot of noise and it, it's, it's a bit of a cauldron. And it's almost like every time Fulham play Brentford, is a little bit rabbit in the headlights. They're a little bit nervous because we always seem potty for it. I mean, I spoke to Sammy about this before and he said the same thing. Why are Brentford always up for it when we play Fulham and, and we're final. not up for it? Yeah. Well, you say that it's our cup <laughs> final, but we, we've got lot, you know, we got lots of cup finals, you know what I'm saying? And Fulham, know, we, we played, we, but this is the biggest of them all. <laughs> we've played you so, we've played you so many times. How many times can you win a cup final? That's good. That's the question that you've got to ask. Okay. You know, we've done Fulham, you know, we, we, we're moving on to bigger and better things, but listen, no, it's not. It's just that, and, and we've done the history, we've done the history thing. As I said to you, you know, I've, my first Brentford Fulham game was 1983, you know, I think it was 1983 or even 1982. Um, Brentford played Fulham and I remember it, you know, Griffin Park, 12,000 fans or whatever like that, you know, the score was 1-0. Um, you scored a goal in the 71st minute. I can't remember the name of the guy, but, um, and, and it was it was one of those, and it sticks in your mind. And after that, the amount of times that we used to play each other, you know, when Leroy Rossini used to play for you and Jimmy Hill was your chairman and, you know, we turned up there and you know, Stanard and Blissett, Blissett knocked Stanard out and he got a red card and, you know, all the ding-dongs that have happened between Brentford and Fulham, literally I've been at every single one and we feel that, that, that the rivalry between Brentford and Fulham was massive in the 80s and was massive in the 90s and I know you might say, ah, oh, that's all done. Trust me, it's not and that's why literally everybody and, and it's almost like there's a history lesson that's been te- taught by the older generation to the younger generation saying no this is this is kind of this is what it this is what it's about you know 
in West London, it's not about Chelsea. When was the last time we played Chelsea? Do Chelsea really care about us? Not really. Do Chelsea really care about anybody other than, you know, Arsenal, Tottenham and, and all that? Really, that's, that's, that is a, so you can't fabricate a rivalry between teams like that. It's all, you know, it's about teams in your proximity, teams that you've played lots and you've got you know, a bit of history between. So that, that is the reason why when Brentford Saints come down, we get down there early, we have a right good laugh, we have a right good drink. Listen, you guys, we've gone out and had drinks, you know, after the game and everything like that. It's not really a problem. It's all, it's all about a little bit of friendly, I hate to use the word banter, but you know what it's like as well. But you, I, we want to win and you want to win. So when we come down to Fulham, um, it is noisy. It is, you know, that, that 4-1 game, it just happened to be 4-1 because the first time we played you in, what, 13, 14 years and it, it literally, that end, it went off. It really did. So after that, it kind of set the tone. Um, so for me, not having that in the stadium, I think is going to be beneficial for you probably more than it is for us because even though your players are professional, it's a bit of nerves there, you know. You've got the, your, your players, you know, you've got your fans on your back. You've got the opposition who are kind of going absolutely garrotty in the away end. So you haven't got that. You have to play your football. So it'll be really interesting to see how much it kind of, say, evens it out. But just kind of, you know, we can concentrate on the footballer to see how, how, how that plays out. And the score prediction, Billy? Oh, God. Yeah, this is... Uh, I am going to... I'm Tell you what, I'm going to go for a score prediction... Because I want to have a score prediction which will keep us in the game for the full nine games rather than sort of kind of realising that you're in the playoffs by the fifth game without any chance of automatic promotion. So you end up kind of just managing the players in your team so that no one gets injured for the playoffs. So I'm going to go for 2 Nil to Brentford. Two nil Brentford. Okay. I'm not sure that the lack of crowd will benefit Fulham if anything I feel like and we've seen what the away win ratio has been in the Bundesliga I, I have a funny feeling it, it could have been a bit of an advantage for you on on Saturday that lack of crowd but we'll get wait and see because there is literally no way of kind of predicting it until um, it's happened but anyway Billy thank you for being on Fulhamish as ever always a good laugh to have you on Thanks, guys. And, uh, well, I'll say good luck on Saturday. Good luck <laughs> maybe after Saturday, OK? <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, right mate. back at you. We will be back on Monday looking back at the Brentford game, come what may, uh, with all our reaction as well. I'm sure there'll be absolutely plenty to discuss. Uh, thank you to my other two guests today, George Cooper. Cheers, guys. See you on Saturday. And thank you, Jack Collins. Thank you, Sammy. Just a heads up, we'll be on Hot Mic on Saturday. So if all of any of you don't fancy listening to the Sky commentators and don't fancy listening to Jim and Jamie, we're going to be doing our own commentary, uh, a little bit of a chat, a little bit more lighthearted and, and having a conversation with everyone in the comments, you know, talking Fulham, discussing the game and working our way around it. So if you fancy joining us, Hot Mic app, uh, where, and you can sync it to your TV. So it will be... And use the code Fulham. Use the code Fulham, yeah. Um, Billy, is there any besotted stuff going out after the game on Saturday? We normally do post-match podcasts, as you know, where we talk to fans straight after the game. And what we're going to try and do, we're still going to try and do a post-match podcast. You'll catch it on prideofwest.london and hopefully that should be live by maybe 3.30, 4 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. So check that out. It should be quite interesting. Great. Uh, we will see you next week. You right. You right.